good day to you hope you're having a wonderful day we are reading in the book of Acts the Acts of the Apostles we just finished in our last session chapter 8 now at the end of chapter 8 Philip had baptized the eunuch out in the desert on the road to Gaza and now we are ready to read chapter 9 so this is the book of Acts, chapter 9, verse 1. But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, early on in chapter 8, they had mentioned Saul, and that there was now going to be, there was now happening persecution against the church in Jerusalem. Now this is the church, the Lord's church. This is like the first congregation uh, or the first group of established Christian believers in Jerusalem. First in the world, but first in Jerusalem too. So, so let's pick up from there knowing that you know, Saul was starting this now. Um, but Saul, I'm going to start over. But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, and that's what they called the belief in Jesus, that's what they called the Christian faith back then was the way, and you'll still see that referred to that way sometimes even now though I admit not as much as you did back then anyway so that if he found any belonging to the way men or women he might bring them bound to Jerusalem now as he went on his way he approached Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him and falling to the ground he heard a voice saying to him Saul Saul why are you persecuting me and he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, Now this is the reply. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard... Oh, okay, hold on a second. Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. 
But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So let me read this again for just a second. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So, and Paul did go through a lot. So, I mean, this is, this is just a, well, this is the Lord just saying, you know, what's going to happen. And, uh, and Paul did go through a lot for the Lord, but once he knew the truth, again, I think I mentioned this in an earlier chapter, uh, Saul, who became Paul, Saul, was very zealous. He was zealous before he was a Christian, and he was zealous after he was a Christian. So we're going to continue on, verse verse 17, pardon me, <clears throat> I'm trying to keep my voice clear and not let it get froggy if I can help it. So Ananias departed and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food he was strengthened. Let me go back to here. Um, yeah, let's go back to verse 17. So Ananias departed and entered the house and laying his hands on him, on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food he was strengthened. Now remember, he was not eating or drinking for several days here. For three days. Alright, so let's continue on. For some days he was with the Okay, <clears throat> pardon me, I, I misread that. For some days he was with the disciples at Damascus. That means for some days, for a certain, for a number of days. And immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, Is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem of those who called upon this name? And has he not come here for this purpose, to bring them bound before the chief priests? Wow, everybody knew what he was there to do. So, so Saul was well known for what he was doing. But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. Oh, pardon me, my pages are stuck together. This is a bad time. Alright, there we go. Alright, when many days had passed, the Jews plotted to kill him, but their plot became known to Saul. They were watching the gates day and night in order to kill him. But his disciples took him by night and let him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a basket. Okay, so they got him out of town by lowering him down over the wall. Well, through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a basket. Alright, 
So verse 26, And when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples. And they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple. Now I laugh, but you have to realize, to them, this guy is a threat to every one of their lives. I mean, he has been a threat to all of them. And it would be very, very hard to believe that he had been converted. I mean, it, it just would. I, I can see why that would be difficult. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord, who spoke to him, and how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. So he went in and out among them at Jerusalem, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. And he spoke and disputed against the Hellenists. Now let me look at the Hellenists. The Hellenists are the Greek-speaking Jews. I'm not sure... Hmm. I'm not sure why this would be. But they were seeking to kill him. And when the brothers learned this, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Okay, so Paul, or Saul at this time, I mean, he had been their biggest threat. He had been really leading the charge, leading the persecution against the church. So now without him, they had a more peaceful time of it. But it does sound like the, uh, the leaders... And maybe that's what's meant by the Hellenists, the Greek-speaking Jews. They were the educated, the leaders. Um, that's just a different way for me to see that. I, I will try to check on that and see if that's actually accurate or if that's something else. But nonetheless, they were seeking to kill him. They were seeking to kill Saul. It's like, oh, he's turned traitor, let's kill him. You know, I guess that's the idea. All right. So, verse 32, Now as Peter went here and there among them all, he came down also to the saints who lived at Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, Aeneas, I'm not sure how you pronounce that, Aeneas, bedridden for eight years who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ healed you, rise and make your bed. And immediately he rose, and all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. Now why do I... Ah, the Aramaic name Tabitha and the Greek name Dorcas both mean gazelle. So, I'm not sure of the meaning of the uh, significance of that, but okay. She was full of good works and acts of charity. Maybe that means she was a nice, peaceful woman. I, I'm not sure. In those days she became ill and died, and when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, Please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them, and when he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas made while she was with them. Oh, okay. So this was things that she had made and done. Okay. 
But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed, and turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon, a tanner. So here again, so here Peter is continuing, basically continuing the ministry of Jesus. I mean, he's basically going about um, performing those miracles through the power of God now. I mean, you know, we can't do anything like that. Even, you know, even if, even if God is with us, God is the one, it's his power. It's God doing it. It's not us, you know. <clears throat> but nonetheless, um... Through the power of God, you know, he was able to pray to God, and uh, God resurrected this woman, you know. So, I guess I need to be careful sometimes the way I say things. I need to make sure that we're putting the, the uh, right uh, um, reference. Uh, that's not exactly correct. That I'm giving the right credit to God because that's where that's where this power is flowing from, you know. It's through Jesus from God to to Peter, and that's how that's happening. So anyway, um, so it sounds like he's continuing that. So that is the end of chapter nine. Peter has basically prayed, and the Lord raised Tabitha from the dead. And obviously she had been, it says, all the widows stood beside him weeping and showing tunics and other garments that, she, that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Obviously she had, I guess, been doing, was this, I don't know if this was like gifts that she had given them or, you know, what the uh, inference is here. But, um... But like I said, Peter is continuing in Jesus' ministry, performing miracles, drawing attention to the Lord, and then, you know, teaching and preaching. That is, uh, again, that is the end of chapter 9. I want to thank you for listening. hope you have a wonderful day. And remember, God loves you.